0: Welcome to our second sermon in the series, Wandering Heart, Finding Faith with Peter. This message is for the first Sunday in Lent, and the text comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, for the message, Jesus sought me. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asking him to put a little way out from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their nets to shore, they left everything and followed him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to hear in this story that it is you who are searching for us. That we don't have to find God. That we have to be found by God. That we should slow down long enough to discover that you've been looking for us the whole time. Lord, during this season of Lent, help us to do that. Help us to pay attention to your calling as you seek us out. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Probably 40 years ago, we used a slogan in the United Methodist Church to promote ourselves. Catch the Spirit. It was available on buttons and coffee mugs and bumper stickers and more. It was kind of catchy pardon the pun, but I think maybe we had it backwards. Perhaps God doesn't need catching. Our ad campaign implied that we must chase down an aloof God. Perhaps if we worked hard enough, if we attended enough church services, if we gave enough, we might catch up to God. But it is not God who needs to be caught, but us. God is constantly doing the pursuing, chasing us down. The 23rd Psalm uh, says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But the verb for follow there is really the word for chase. A better translation is that surely goodness and mercy shall chase me down all the days of my life. That's the God that we read about in Scripture, the God who is chasing us down. It's in our United Methodist understanding of prevenient grace. It's God's gift of love that comes before, prevenient, comes before we even understand it. That before we have a clue who God is, that God is pursuing us, that God is chasing us down. And our job is to slow down long enough to get caught by the Spirit. Rather than us chasing down the Spirit, it's slowing down to realize that the Spirit is pursuing us. God gently lovingly pursuing us that's what we hear in the line of the hymn come thou Fount." jesus sought me when a stranger it's what we see in jesus interactions with peter as he seeks out peter as he searches for peter to invite him into relationship and it's what we will experience ourselves when we slow down enough to pay attention to what god is up to in luke Peter first meets Jesus in the previous chapter, before this one, chapter 4. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, which is Peter's hometown, and heals a man with an unclean spirit. Peter would almost certainly have been in the congregation that day witnessing the miracle. After the service in the synagogue, Jesus walked a few short steps to Peter's home, where he healed Peter's mother-in-law. So by the time Jesus begins teaching on the shore of the lake, Peter has witnessed two miracles, the healing of the man with the unclean spirit and the healing of his own mother-in-law. Maybe Peter is interested hanging close by, but he has work to do. He's got nets to clean and prepare for the next night's work. Peter's involved in what Jesus is doing, but he's not yet committed involved versus committed. That's like looking at your breakfast plate of ham and eggs. The, chicken was involved in making a breakfast, the ham was committed. Peter was not yet committed to what Jesus was up to. With the crowds about to push Jesus into the water, though, he asked for help from Peter. It's no accident that Jesus directed his request at the fisherman that he was already getting to know. After speaking, he tells Peter to put out a little deeper and let down the nets. Peter initially objects. I mean, they've been fishing all night long and haven't caught anything. And who is this carpenter to tell us how to fish? But after what he's witnessed, he gives it a try. He exercises a little bit of faith in Jesus, the tiniest bit. And look at what happens. The nets fill up with an overwhelming catch. It only takes the smallest amount of faith to find that God has been searching for us. Peter exercises tiny faith by letting down the nets, only to find God standing in his boat. And it terrifies him. As he begins to realize what he's experiencing, he wants to run away or to send Jesus away. Get away from me, Jesus, for I am a sinful man. I'm not worthy to be there. He doesn't feel worthy to be in the boat with this guy. I wonder if that's part of the reason that we can't seem to let Jesus find us. Are we convinced that we are unworthy, unlovable? Is that why we work so hard sometimes trying to find God as if it's something we have to earn because we don't deserve? We don't feel we deserve to be caught by God. But Jesus responds with an invitation to follow. Jesus dismisses Peter's unworthiness. Instead offers an invitation to follow. Don't fear. I will make you a fisher of people. Now, what does that even mean? What does it mean to fish for people? We really don't find out right away. Jesus doesn't ask Peter to believe anything, though. He doesn't give him a list of doctrinal facts that he has to subscribe to. He doesn't ask him to believe, only to follow. And Peter walks away from his most successful day ever on the job. He's just brought in a miraculous catch a number of fish that would probably feed his family for days and days. And he walks away and leaves them behind. Peter must have discovered something more valuable in Jesus than in a miraculous catch of fish that he just walks away from. We're not much different from Peter. God is still trying to catch us if we'll only slow down long enough. I remember hearing God's call to me to come and follow, to do what I'm doing now. I remember that night clearly as I sat in Green Auditorium at Camp Sumitanga. I discovered that God was in the boat with me, so to speak. I heard him calling me. I sensed it in my spirit that he was calling me to spend my life in ministry. But I also remember wait, making God wait for five and a half years to get an answer. There had to be a mistake. I didn't feel worthy enough to do this thing that I felt called to do. I mean, I couldn't even get elected president of my church youth group, and I tried. How could I ever lead a church? Plus, I had other plans. I had been reading medical books since elementary school. I was dreaming of becoming a doctor. I had dreamed of the house I had built, designed it in my head, of, of the land that it would sit on. I had big plans, so I offered God compromises. I'd still be a doctor, but I'd go on medical missionary trips. That would satisfy God, surely. I I would spend some of my time caring for people who couldn't afford it. That's ministry, right? Well, it it certainly is ministry, but it was not at all what God was calling me to do. Finally, I had to say yes. Finally, as a sophomore in college, I agreed to do what God had called me to do all along. When have you discovered Jesus in the boat with you? To what was he calling you? It's not a full-time ministry career for most people. Maybe it's a calling to share Christ's love with a friend or a neighbor or a co-worker. What was your reaction? Was it like Peter's? That I'm not worthy to do this thing, God, let me just get away from you? I get it. I understand that response. But what will you do with the call now? And here's the really big thing, the lesson that I am still learning. In fact, I've wrestled with it this week as I have wrestled with this sermon. It's hard for my task-oriented personality to get it. But Jesus wasn't calling Peter to a job. Jesus wasn't conducting an employment interview. Jesus wasn't calling me to a job. It wasn't just about a vocation or what I do for a living. It wasn't just about the vocation of ministry. What I am still having to wrestle with is Jesus is more interested in who I am than what I do. That more than calling me to do a job, calling God is calling me to be in relationship. Jesus called Peter to be his friend, not just to do something. And even today, I still wrestle with that. I want to do something to please God. And what I hear in today's lesson is that Jesus seeks me out just to be a friend. Today, more than anything, Jesus is calling you into a friendship. Jesus is seeking you for a friendship. Peter said, yes, I'm learning to say yes. I hope you will, too.